Hey guys, I'm your host, Mackenzie, and this is the Mommy in Maine podcast where we dive into all things pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. Motherhood is the most beautiful contradiction. Every day is a chaotic adventure, to say the least, and I'm learning and growing as fast as my daughter is. It really is the perfect balance between challenge and reward. Just like our littles, us mamas deserve our very own village. Well, here you have found it. Join me and local experts for support in your transition to and through motherhood. This is where open and honest conversations take place, where strange and random questions can be asked, thoughts and stories are shared, and you're free to come exactly as you are. I promise you, this will serve as so much more than just a podcast. This is belonging and connection, education and advocacy. This is transparency and authenticity. This is the community you've been waiting for. This is the Mommy in Maine podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Mommy in Maine podcast. I hope you've had a beautiful week so far and are enjoying this winter season, despite how cold it's been. I know it's tough sometimes to get outside um, this time of year, especially when that involves bundling up little ones, but I like making the best of it just the same. Or if you absolutely hate winter and are cozying up inside instead, binging the new season of Ozark, totally down with that too. (laughs) Anyway, this week we have a very special guest. She is someone who I actually went to high school with. She was a few years older than me, so that's pretty special. Gabby Barboza is a registered nurse and holistic nutritionist empowered by intentional mind, body, and soul healing. She is the founder of Lively and Well, which focuses on preconception and fertility health with clients, as well as bio-individual support through areas such as gut, hormone, and blood sugar support. She is fascinated by the ability to change the trajectory of our health and lives through daily nutritional and lifestyle nourishment. This was such a deep and interesting conversation. I had so much fun learning from her and hearing her expertise. I also want to mention, though, that after hearing some of our talking points today with various recommendations for supplements and things of that nature, please remember this is not a substitute for seeking out professional care and guidance from a licensed healthcare practitioner. I hope you all gain as much insight from Gabby as I did. Let's dive in. Hi, Gabby. So nice to have you here. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm doing well. Um, we were just talking about I'm in Maine and it's very icy. So <laughs> there is. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. I know it's been kind of a crazy time and scheduling and everything, but I'm so ecstatic to get into our conversation today because you just have so much to offer, a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to share it with everyone. Uh, Why don't we start with you just kind of introducing yourself and giving a little background about who you are, how you got to where you are today, you know, school, background, all of it. Yeah, so um, like you said, my name is Gabby Barbosa, and I grew up in Maine, um, at least since I was three. I was born in San Diego, but I moved here when I was three, so I call Maine home. and um, I went, I ended up going to UMaine for school and I went to nursing school. I started out like psychology and then realized um, I was gonna go like the physician assistant route. And then I realized that I really wanted a more holistic model, which is really funny, like leads into my story because I didn't know at all that this would be what I ended up doing, but I wanted the holistic model like within the medical model. And I felt that nursing was a better choice for that. Um, So I was in nursing school and then like halfway through the nursing school, I just started having these crazy symptoms like of digestion issues and stress was just affecting me like heavily. So I went down a rabbit hole of like all these things. And I learned that what I was learning in nursing school was extremely important and valuable, but it wasn't actually like helping. Like I didn't have any tools that were actually helping me and like getting to the root of my issues. And so I started to seek naturopathic medicine. Um, And so I saw my first naturopathic doctor when I was in nursing school. And then my mind just like was blown. I'm just a type of personality that like once I open up like a vessel and I see what's under, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to know like every last detail of what this means. And so I, my whole like college just flipped upside down. Like I went from like a typical college student to like going to bed at 8 p.m. and like eating really well and everything changed like seemingly overnight 
which I don't recommend necessarily because it was also very stressful to change everything overnight. But I looked at all my products, the food I was eating, like the things I was consuming on the media, like literally everything. Um, and then that led into, so I graduated nursing school. I was a bedside nurse. Um, and then I went to the ER and then I just quickly realized that the hospital was not for me. Um, and so I started working alongside Dr. Karina Dunlap. Um, she's a woman's health and um, she does a lot of fertility work. Um, not like IVF, but like um, preconception work for um, women and people in the Portland area and beyond. And I just learned so much about hormones and fertility and um, how to really get to the root of issues that are going on and give a lot of people hope really. Um, and started seeing people heal and was just like, I always loved um, pregnancy and babies and didn't know how to like mesh it into my world instead of like it, without being like an L&D nurse or something like that. Um, so I went to nutrition school and now my focus is fertility, preconception, and all of that. So um, yeah, really through my own journey, as well as um, like figuring out how I could mesh like my multi-passions <laughs> into a career is what brought me here as a, um, so basically my role now is I'm a nurse, but I'm also a holistic nutritionist. So that's where, that's my story. <laughs> that's so fascinating. It's funny because I think that is how it happens for a lot of people, right? We think we want to do one thing and then something happens to us personally. We experience something that whether it's, you know, physical symptoms or, you know, we're just going through whatever. And, you know, then we go down that rabbit hole. Like you said, um, I've always personally like struggled with digestion. And I remember back in college, it was sort of the same thing. I, then I found out about like gut health, which now I'm super, you know, interested in and I read all about it and I found a probiotic and you know it's just funny how that all unfolds with everyone so that is fantastic well you're doing great work first of all thank you for everything that you do for um you know women especially in their preconception years which actually speaking of how I think that's a good question to start with how early like what is what defines that preconception time how early should one start um before they maybe want to get pregnant or anything yeah, so it's a really great question, and I think um, it's a little misunderstood because I think when people think about preconception, they think about like, okay, right before I'm about to have a baby, or or many people like they get pregnant and they're like, shoot, like I want to be as healthy as possible for this baby, and so I'm going to start now. But ideally, and this is a very like, it can be like a very privileged point of view, but like ideally, you're starting as soon as you know you want babies, <laughs> like as soon as yeah. you know your lifetime. And so I literally picture the preconception period as um, your, your, it can be your entire life because you're, you're setting yourself up for the best possible outcome, uh, whether that's even getting pregnant in the first place or uh, sustaining a pregnancy as well as your postpartum period. Um, but if we're talking about like, okay, maybe someone hasn't been preparing their whole life, like ideally a year, um, but at least I would say four months. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, like there's times where you get pregnant, you have a really healthy pregnancy and you weren't preparing, but ideally um, at least four months would be great. Yeah. That's good to know. And that's, I feel like achievable too, you know, four to six months is typically the, the average person. I feel like at that point knows, Hey, we want to start trying, you know, maybe I can take a look at this and worst case scenario you just form better habits anyway, right? You're going to be on a better exactly. lifestyle. So that's always that's good. It. Yeah. It's never, ever too late. Like, I don't want anyone to feel like they're like, shoot, like I should have started. It's like, no, you can start now. Like any, anytime people are talking about getting healthier, like you can start in your sixties. Like it's never, ever too late. <laughs> that's, true. that's a great reminder. Um, what about Oh boy. The big, the dreaded pill, right? Um, I feel like nowadays too, more recently, maybe the past few years or so, it's really become more a hot topic um, kind of conversation about the birth control pill, hormonal birth control. Um, I know there's other methods, but specifically the pill, you know, we're put on it typically at such a young age, um, a lot of the time more for um, other symptoms, right? You know, period cramps or acne or whatever it might be, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, 
but then our body gets used to those synthetic hormones and the average girl, you know, in my experience, at least from, you know, friends and family that I know it's, you're on in a long time. And what, what can that do to our bodies and how does that change, you know, the trajectory as far as getting pregnant later on, does that affect anything or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So yeah, I'm pretty passionate about this subject. Um, and of course, like I always want to preface that I um, support choice. And so I support women that choose birth control to be the best choice for them. But I want to know if they're interested in it. I want to know like what their consent was like and was it informed and were they told everything? So many women and people are put on birth control as a way to um, help symptoms that they're having. And so if you're put on birth control for those reasons, like painful period, irregular period, um, acne, anything like that, then essentially you are suppressing these symptoms like a, a Band-Aid. And then as soon as you come off, they're, they're likely going to come all the way back. And so um, hormonal birth control and the pill is essentially shutting down the communication between the brain and the ovaries. And what it's doing is the hormones that are in the pill are filling the receptors where your natural hormones would normally fill. And so the hormones in the birth control pill fill those receptors. And then the hormones that are naturally circulating have nowhere to go. And so it's a really confusing thing for your body. Um, and then essentially when you come off of it, uh, many times it's because somebody wants to get pregnant. And so um, you'll come off of it and then all of those symptoms that were present before, and maybe that was as a teenager and you were on it for 10 years, 10 years later, all those symptoms come back. And so your acne comes back, your period's not regular. And then you're like, okay, how am I supposed to try for a baby? Because I don't even know when I'm ovulating. I don't even understand ovulation. I don't truly, I, I might like track my cycle on an app, but it's not very accurate. Um, and so you're struggling with all of these symptoms. You're having adult acne, you're having super painful periods. And then you're like, shoot, like I just, this past 10 years, I was just suppressing everything. It wasn't actually doing anything for my body other than helping me live a little easier in the meantime. It also has like, um, pretty significant nutrient depletions, um, so B vitamins, folate, selenium, zinc, among others are all depleted on the pill and that's pretty well documented. And so um, beyond suppressing symptoms, you're also coming out of it depleted in nutrients and, and these nutrients are essential for pregnancy. Um, there's no like direct research and correlation between birth control and infertility. Um, I try not to use that word because very rarely are people actually infertile. Um, there's just some sort of an imbalance in the body. And I try to not use that word to give people hope in that, like, you're, you're likely not infertile. There's just something going on that we need to find. Um, and so unfortunately just going on the pill like delays that treatment it de delays the management of these symptoms that you could have been working on and then um and then been fine when you actually wanted to achieve a pregnancy and so again though it's never too late like you can definitely do it it's just educating that the pill might not be your best uh solution right and might even add time you know when it does come time to wanting to get pregnant because of all of that you know now you're kind of unwrapping all this stuff, you know, getting to the root cause might take longer to fix that before you can maybe achieve that healthy pregnancy or whatever it might be. Right. Kind of exactly. an added stressor. Uh, we definitely don't learn enough about it. I think at, you know, the, the age that we might start going on birth control, all the, you know, alternative methods, or even just with the pill, like you said, it's just about that, um, more of the, the education behind it and giving that informed consent rather than just like, well, here's your option. This is what we're going to do. We'll put you on this. You should be good to go. Um, because, you know, at that time too, you're like, great, sounds good. And then 10 years later, now you're realizing all of these, these other problems or, you know, when you come off of it, which is a stressor in and of itself. Right. And I think it's a really beautiful thing to be connected with your body and what's going on. And like, even if you're not interested in hormones, like 
as much as me or you, like it, it's understanding like what hormones are going on in your body from a young age. Like as soon as you start cycling, um, understanding what's happening, like imagine if all of the teenagers like understood their body, like that would be crazy, like so amazing. And then they would yeah, me either. And it's also, I think a lot of people don't know is that it's also very normal for cycles to be irregular when you start your period at a young age. So many teenagers are put on birth control for an irregular cycle, but that's normal. Like it's normal for like at least two to three years for your cycle to be very irregular. Um, so if you know it's normal, then you're like, oh, then why would I go on birth control for something that my body is doing naturally? Right. So, yeah. That is so true. And even now, you know, having a child and after all of this, like I'm still getting used to my own body and, you know, navigating the whole world of birth control and, and what it is and how I want to go about, you know, what, which method I might want to use or not use and why. And just like you said, becoming more in tune with my body. It's, it's definitely a, an ongoing process, but, um, worth it. Yeah, definitely. And just understanding. And if you choose birth control, then that's okay. And then you like, um, you figure out, okay, should I be focusing on taking these certain nutrients that might be depleted? Um, and then if you choose fertility awareness method, it's like, okay, how can I feel confident in that choice and understand it? So that way I feel okay using that as a birth control method. True. And like you said about, um, deficiencies, how the pill depletes in certain nutrient stores, how would you even know when you are on the pill or then, especially when you do come off, which new uh, vitamins and things that you are, you know, depleted in, how would you, what are some signs or symptoms that might lead you to understanding that a little bit more? Yeah. So that's a really good question. It, um, like if testing for nutrients, there isn't like a perfect, uh, way to test like exactly, um, what you're deficient in. There is mineral testing, which can be pretty, um, effective like hair you basically send like a hair sample and it's mineral testing um you have to find a practitioner that's very like educated in reading those because they can be confusing um but in general like basically signs and symptoms the thyroid gets very affected and so symptoms of um hypo hyperthyroidism which is super common um after pregnancy as well. So like brittle nails, heavy hair loss, weight gain or loss, um, anxiety with hyper, depression with hypo, um, although they can be with both, um, irregular periods, like a hiding, I like to call it like a hiding period because it's there, unless you never developed a period as a kid, like your, your period or a teenager, your period's there, it just is hiding. <laughs> um, so it's like, I think the wording is important. Um, and then, or unstable mood, like insatiable cravings, PMS, breast tenderness, mood swings, like all of these things um, can be pointing to nutrient deficiencies because your body needs these nutrients in order to produce a healthy cycle and to ovulate. Um, and ovulation is really the main event of your cycle. It's not your period. Um, your period comes after, always comes after ovulation. So that's where we have to focus. It's like, why aren't you ovulating? Not why aren't you getting your period? Um, a severe cramping, like we should feel a sensation in our uterus when we're on our period, but it shouldn't keep you from work. You shouldn't have to take ibuprofen for it. Um, these have just all been normalized. So things like that. Um, but so those are symptoms, but with my clients, I use, um, I use different techniques to figure out like where we should focus. And one of them is a 300 question questionnaire um, that goes through um, just a, all the systems in the body. And it points us to some potential nutrient deficiencies um, as well as mineral deficiencies and where to focus. If you're not working with a practitioner, then it's you need all of these nutrients anyway. And so like really focusing on the ones that are depleted in general, um, because your body will just get rid of what it doesn't need. So that doesn't mean that you should go and supplement with all of these nutrients, but eating them, your body is going to know exactly what to do with them, either keep them or get rid of them. Right. That's so true. Our body is, you know, intuitive like that. And it's hard for us, mm -hmm. like the mind part to keep up with that, I think. Um, so the, the nutrients that you might be deficient in, whether or not because of hormonal birth control, are those the same ones that 
come preconception um, that are super important. I know you mentioned, you know, folate and selenium, um, iron, I'm not sure which other ones are those, are they kind of in tandem, you know, the ones that you're already depleted in happen to be the ones that you really want to start focusing on, you know, before baby. Yes, exactly. That's the fascinating part is that the ones that they deplete are the ones that are um, in general, like the most important for a healthy pregnancy. So um, that's why if you're on birth control, the preconception period might even uh, ideally be a little longer because you're working on replenishing nutrients, which unfortunately, because of our soil, because of our food quality, even if you're buying organic, like it isn't ideal unless you're home growing like all of your food. Um, and even then, like, it depends on your soil. So, um, yeah, so that, so it can take longer than it might use, used to have taken to, uh, replenish nutrients and like choline is really important for, um, preventing neural defects. Folate is really important, not folic acid. Um, folate is the actual form that our body can use. Um, iron that's so like so talked about in pregnancy and many women take iron pills um, I, the jury's out on if I love iron pills or not I actually prefer liver uh, taking liver instead because uh, again it's a whole food source and your body knows just what to do with it versus iron can cause um, it can cause constipation and symptoms that as a pregnant person like you're already potentially dealing with and so um yes to answer your question shortly yes they like pretty much all of the ones that are depleted are very needed for a healthy pregnancy oh that's such good information and um I guess what I'm hearing you say too is rather than though just assume like oh I was on birth control this is what I need to focus on you know that doesn't necessarily mean though run to the store and, and grab a supplement of x y and z all those things right um it's important to try maybe food first, nutrients um, in that way first. And then, like you said, seek out a, um, a qualified practitioner that can help kind of see where your hormone levels and, you know, nutrient levels are in that way. Yeah, exactly. I think that's why partly um, like naturopathic medicine gets a bad rep because people often think that you're just going out and you're supplementing, like instead of medication, it's just supplements, but that's actually not my approach. And it's not many um, practitioners approach at all. Um, because when you're taking often supplements that are nutrient supplements are synthetic and there are some that work fine, but when you're overloading yourself with synthetic nutrients, Again, it's not in a whole food form. The, the nutrients in a whole food are perfectly formed. So they, so there's the perfect ratios. There's the perfect amounts for your body, again, to know what to do with. But when you're just like overloading with um, like a, a sole supplement that is nutrient-based, then it might be way too much. And there is such a thing as iron overload. Like we just don't want to be overloading with things that we don't need. So yeah, focusing on food and then something like a liver supplement is pretty universal again, because your body knows what to do with it. Yeah. Um, there are concerns about vitamin A in liver. Um, but because again, it's a whole food form, you're not just supplementing with a ton of vitamin A in a, um, a synthetic version. So like, again, your body knows what to do with it. That's like, I feel like I say that till I'm blue in the face, but, um, and it, it's really bio-individual. So like, depending on what you need, but food is always okay because right. you just, unless you have some sort of, uh, underlying condition, of course, like there's definitely conditions that are like, you should really not, um, eat certain too many nutrients of certain things or certain medications like there's always a caveat but in general yeah yeah that's so fascinating actually and and like you said it everything's in its own perfect ratio so despite that we're different you know that bio individuality that way our bodies will still know what to do with it um, in the right, right. amounts hopefully right uh, so what about like as far as supplements go um, I know a big one obviously with women and pregnancy is prenatals. Um, and there's so many on the market. Um, what's your, how are, you know, how do you go about that? What are your thoughts on because of bioindividuality or like you were saying earlier, there's certain forms of nutrients you want to be aware of like folate, you know, um, methylated. I, I think that's what I've heard is, is best for absorption. 
um, rather than the folic acid or, or any of that. And choline, I know that's important. So what should we, I, I know it's probably hard to pinpoint an exact brand or um, specific pill, especially based on each person, but what are some like some big um, things to look for when choosing a prenatal? Yeah, definitely. It is a really, it's a big question um, because it's so important and people want to know like which, which one, just tell me which one to take. Um, but it is, uh, I hate answering this way, but it is so individual dependent on what that person needs. But also if you're just like going and you're looking for one, make sure that you trust the company that they do third-party testing and you'll find that on the website um, and that they're not um, using fillers. So like fillers with like soybean oil or, um, even like vegetable glycerin can be made from vegetable oil. Um, making sure that you really trust the company that you're using. Um, and also some women don't need iron in their prenatal. And that sounds really crazy, but some women do not need extra iron. Like I was saying, when people take iron pills alone, um, it can cause some really unwanted symptoms and their iron levels might be totally fine. So I do recommend like getting blood drawn um, in that period because it's going to tell you a lot more about like your iron status in general. And you can do that ongoing throughout your pregnancy to make sure you're good. Um, but yeah, I do, I do typically recommend again, like liver for all of my clients. Um, but as far as a specific prenatal, it's really hard to recommend one that would be for everyone, dependent on if they need iron or not. Um, but making sure there's choline in it is really important. Uh, like you said, that one has been missed, um, but it's also found in eggs. Eggs are like an amazing source of choline. Uh, so I give all my clients a like handout of nutrients you need and what foods to find them in to make it like really easy just to fill your diet with these types of foods. Right. Diet first always. Yeah. <laughs> but that's good to know about the pill. I mean, uh, or the prenatal, I should say, is I guess, you know, the takeaway message for me from what I'm hearing you say too is look for certain things, be aware of, you know, third-party testing and those are kind of, um, kind of, you know, things to go with it, but that, you know, just because you took one that works really well for you, don't go recommend that necessarily to, you know, your best friend, because it might be great. It might have all those, those things, but it might not work for them in the same, the same way. Right. Exactly. And somebody like extremely well-nourished might not really need much, like uh, I don't want to say that as like a blanket statement to be like, oh, I don't need a prenatal, but like someone that is very well nourished um, might need a very small amount of extra support. Um, and then somebody who's not very well nourished or has had a problem with digestion, therefore a problem with absorption, like um, might need more. And so um, the one thing I, I wouldn't recommend for anyone really is gummies. Um, I've heard that. Yeah, I don't think they're bio-individual. I think they're filled with things that aren't needed. Um, but again, like if you talk to your doctor and that's your best scenario, then take it. But um, I would say try to look for something else or um, a lot of people can't have a hard time swallowing pills. And that's like the first time in their life that they've had to, like no matter what. And so a trick is actually... People think you should put your head up to swallow pills, but you should actually tuck your chin to your chest because that opens up the throat. So if anyone's like listening and they are like, I can't take anything anyway, other than a gummy, uh, try putting your chin to your chest and see if that helps you swallow. <laughs> there you go. Good tip. If yeah. anyone's listening and that works for you, let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so as far as, you know, obviously improving our absorption rate of nutrients and getting the right foods in. How are there any other things to help kind of get you on a quote unquote regular cycle or even just start to um, track it, I guess, you know, as far as preconception goes, there's so many fertility kits out there. There's like you said, different apps on our phones. Um, there's just so many to pick from and how do you know where to even start and are they accurate? Yeah. So a great place to start is just to start tracking. Like no matter what you're doing, just start just to start like getting aware of when your period usually comes, like the, the 
problem with the period apps is they're predicting your um, your ovulation day based on just your period. Like they're not looking at anything else. And so if you really want to get um, extreme, like make sure you're tracking well, then um, the fertility awareness method that I use is called the symptothermal method. And that involves taking your basal body temperature um, and then tracking cervical mucus. Um, cervical positioning is optional, like for, like checking your cervical position, but it's not 100% necessary to accurately track. Um, and it can be intimidating for some people. Um, so basically the basal body temperature is getting, a, making sure it's a basal body thermometer. Um, and I can like give you a link to a good one I like, with, and they can be super cheap, like less than $10 and taking it every morning at the same time, uh, ideally around the same time. The problem with the, the thermometer is that it's a little finicky with, um, if you have different sleep wake cycles, like especially if you're breastfeeding and you want to make sure you don't get pregnant again and you're using this method, um, I have another option for you because it, it it's really important to make sure your thermometers are accurate and sleeping less than three hours, getting up at different times, getting up throughout the night. Um, if you have a fever, if you drink alcohol, that can all throw off the thermometer reading. Um, and so there's something called temp drop, which is a wearable armband um, that no matter what, it's accurately going to track your temperature because it's taking your temperature throughout the night and then giving you an accurate one in the morning. Um, it is a little bit more of an investment, but if you have any of those reasons where a thermometer wouldn't necessarily be as accurate, then I say, if you can afford it, it's worth it. Um, because you know that you're accurately tracking. <laughs> so the temp drop or a thermometer and then also cervical mucus. And so as soon as you see um, fluid, like either on your underwear or on the toilet paper, um, there's a potential that you could get pregnant. And so some people notice that they're seeing cervical mucus like all the time. And then other people are just seeing it in those fertile days, which are about six to seven days of, out of your cycle. And so both are really great to know because if you're seeing it all the time, then that could indicate some sort of hormonal imbalance. Um, and this doesn't just mean, I'm trying to use the right words here. It doesn't just mean like, um, like everyone hates this word, but moistness. Like it doesn't just mean that your like vaginal area should be dry, but it means like actual like fluid, like sticky, um, and raw egg white is the most fertile quality. Um, so just starting to like be aware of those signs, even before reading books, even before like going down the line of really mastering it is just start tracking, track your cervical fluid, track your temperatures and see what that tells you. And then once you feel comfortable with that, like really understand it more. there are some really amazing books we can like maybe leave in the show notes to help. Um, Absolutely. I give my clients like a whole fam guide because there's like so much information, but I don't give it to them right away often because it can be overwhelming. Um, but I want, it is very effective, very effective as a birth control method. And so I, or, or trying to conceive. Um, so I want everyone to feel like comfortable with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And now clarify for me and anyone listening that might not is cervical mucus, the same different as discharge, you know, how do you tell that apart or kind of, and then also what, as far as your, um, what did you call it? Position of your cervix? Um, is that like something you can do yourself? Do you need to go in to see someone to know more about that? Yeah, those are great questions. So the cervical music mucus, um, is, can also be called discharge. And there's a difference in like, I don't know about you, but growing up, I was like, what is this? Like, I did not think this was normal. I thought that I had an infection like all the time and like I had to hide it from people, but like, it's very normal. It's a sign that you're fertile. And the difference between like an infectious discharge and normal um, uh, mucus is like, is there a strong smell to it? Is it tinted like a different color? Um, so we would want to make sure it's not like a yeast infection or any sign of like STD or like any other sort of infection. But um, it, there's a book, 
taking charge of your fertility that has really amazing like photos that show like what cervical fluid looks like depending on your cycle I'm sure you can also google them to see like compare what looks normal and what doesn't um but yeah it basically is what's coming out of your cervix to facilitate the sperm to get up to the egg mm -hmm. um that's something I love to tell people is that like the egg is actually like and the the um the cervical fluid is actually like what's luring the sperm up like it's not just about the strong swimmers like <laughs> we're the ones that are like opening the doors and getting you up there <laughs> we do it all pretty much yeah. <laughs> oh that's funny and then for your cervix position how what is that again so the cervical position is a positioning um so your cervix either like lowers or um raises and so um when it's, you can check it yourself to answer your question. So you, you basically just, of course, like wash your hands, make sure they're clean. Um, and then you place like two fingers inside. It's a lot of, you want to be consistent, but a lot of people prefer squatting because it's just a much easier way. I mean, you can also do it on the toilet. I wouldn't try it standing because it would be hard to find. Um, but you're basically checking like where the position is and how that changes throughout your cycle. Oh my goodness. I didn't even know it would change throughout the cycle. I know. Yeah. It, it changes. So that way it can, yeah, like more easily, like it's more open to capture the sperm and bring it up. That makes so much sense. Yeah. And it closes oh. when like, when it's not, when you're not fertile. It's right. Crazy. <laughs> Our bodies are amazing. And the they things are. like, that we just, I have no idea about. We never learned this in school. Or yeah, it should be in sex ed like everywhere. Like this is what we should be learning. Is right, right. Not even just like to, it is to help prevent teen pregnancy, but also just for people to be aware of their body, like and how amazing it is. For sure. Oh my yeah. gosh, it's incredible what we can do. <laughs> <laughs> so I know earlier you mentioned too, um, kind of like digestion. And obviously we all know, you know, for optimal nutrient absorption, we want to be able to properly digest our food. Um, and I know another kind of big hot topic more recently has been gut health. Um, what are your, what have you learned about that, that whole, those, everything to do with all of that, you know, does that play a role in preconception and fertility and, and, and obviously our, our general health too? Yeah, absolutely. So gut health is really, and digestion is the way hormones are built. So you, when you eat fats and different foods, those um, fats especially turn into hormones. So um, fats were demonized like for so long and really they're absolutely essential. Um, we won't go down that rabbit hole, but that it, gut health and the uh, absorption of nutrients, if you're not absorbing, then your body is suffering. So, so many people, um, feel like they're doing it all. They're eating well, they are moving their body, they're, they're doing all of these things, but they're not actually feeling well because they're not absorbing. And so that's where gut health and digestion come in. Um, whether this is like to give some tangible things like bloating, constipation, uh, diarrhea, um, these all are signs of potential hormone imbalance because if you are also having like hormone issues, I don't want everyone to think they have, just because they have bloating, they have a hormone imbalance. But if your body is not able to assimilate those nutrients and make them into hormones, um, like from cholesterol and fats, um, then your body will suffer. Um, so there's two things to it. So there's absorption of nutrients and a properly uh, working digestive system, like from the, the digestion starts in the brain. So it starts with your body understanding that food is coming, um, which we live in such a fast paced society that often we're eating on the go. And I'm, I'm sure like as a mom, like it's like impossible to be sitting down all the time eating your food. Like you, it's just not possible. And so if you're, you're moving in like different modalities, like while you're cooking, making sure you're smelling the food, um, that starts digestion, that starts the enzymes to work. Um, and then when you're sitting down, like smell your food, take 
even one deep breath on the way to the table, like anything you can do to get yourself into a parasympathetic, which is the rest and digest state. Um, unfortunately, we're so sympathetic dominant, which is fight or flight, and that halts digestion because digestion is not necessary when you're in that fight or flight mode and your body doesn't know the difference between running from a tiger and um, life stress these days. So that's where digestion starts. And then chewing your food is really important because there's actually enzymes in your saliva that help to break down food, um, especially carbohydrates. So chewing as, as much as possible before swallowing. And then once it hits the stomach, like you need to have the digestive enzymes to be able to break down that food properly and then travel through the rest of your system and be eliminated. So you should be eliminating pooping daily. Um, if not, you're backing up your system and hormones that were in your stool will start to recirculate. And so that leads to hormone imbalance as well, because hormones that should have been eliminated out every day are now being recirculated into your body. Um, and so if you're listening and you're like, wait, okay, I do all of these things and I still don't feel good, then there likely is something going on like pathogens. So some sort of imbalance, whether that is parasites, which could also be a rabbit hole that we don't have to go down, but parasites, everybody has them, but some of them are, um, are affecting people uh, worse than others. Um, and there might be something like um, just uh, dysbiosis, which is like bad bacteria in your body that is overgrown uh, for a number of reasons. So that might be something we need to get rid of. Um, I work my clients um, through like detoxification protocols specific to them. And so whether that's a gut health protocol, whether that's parasites, um, just to reduce any sort of offender, especially when they get pregnant, because you just want to feel as the best you can. Um, and if you're still dealing with a lot of toxin overload while you're pregnant, then you potentially will have more symptoms like nausea, um, vomiting and uh, extreme fatigue. Like it's normal to be tired when you're pregnant, but extreme fatigue. And then when we're looking at postpartum, like if you weren't digesting your food preconception, postpartum is, might be really hard on you. And again, postpartum is hard. It's normal. And um, it's not an easy time for many people, but it shouldn't be like completely depleting where you like can't get up in the morning. Um, and a lot of people have to just pull on this like super mama, like energy, but like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be suffering in that way. And so working on it prior to pregnancy can really set you up for a better postpartum period and pregnancy in general. That's so true. And I think too, like when your body is overwhelmed with all of these other, you know, these things that are so taxing that are causing that fatigue and, you know, loss and energy stores and everything else, it, that puts stress on our body, let alone from like external stress, right? We can, that's a whole other conversation, um, stress and how that affects our body and our ability to, you know, digest, like you said, we're, when we're not in that parasympathetic state, um, it's kind of a, you know, a, it triggers a bunch of other stuff. Um, mm -hmm. not great, not great stuff. And so how, um, actually I found it interesting when you were saying like, you know, taking your time, deep breaths before eating, smelling the food to start that, that digestive process sort of reminds me like a lot of, um, different sort of mindfulness techniques for, um, as you're eating or, you know, in that process and that can that help lower our stress too? What are some other ways that we can kind of help fight that the everyday stress that we just, whether we're putting it on, you know, intentionally or not, it's just, especially nowadays, right. Between like the pandemic and everything, it's just, I feel like stress is so hard to avoid. Um, and it's just really tough to navigate that sometimes. Do you have any, any tips for that? Yeah, of course. So, so of course, like doing the best you can to really like take a look at your life and see like what's stressful, what's not, what can I eliminate? Like, what can I increase? And, and we all know that's something we need to do, but then, like you said, there's things that just you, you can't control that are stressors that are going to happen regardless. And so like, what is our defense to that? Um, 
again, a lot of people might go like straight to what supplement will help me. And there are amazing supplements like L-theanine is one of my absolute favorite supplements for stress because it's just an amino acid they are adding to your body that is helping you, um, your nervous system stay a little more relaxed in those moments. Um, and it can also be taken on demand. So I love, I love L-theanine, but like not talking about supplements in your daily life, if something like meditation, deep breathing, and all of that doesn't feel very attainable to you right now based on your life. Like I totally, some people say like, make time for it, but like, I totally understand when someone's like, I literally don't have like the time. And I, and I hate when people say like, oh, well, how much time are you spending on your phone? It's like, yeah, that's somewhere to look, but also like, let's be practical with the life that we're living right now. And so one of my favorite techniques is just doing it in the moment. And so when you feel really stressed, stressed and like you're running around, you're trying to figure things out, like even in the car, just take deep breaths, walking with your baby on your hip, like just take deep breaths. Like it's amazing too what babies pick up on. Um, like they are so intuitive. And so if you can just start to work these things into your daily life, like mid stress, like while it's going on, don't wait until the nighttime when you're like, okay, I'll meditate tonight or I'll wake up early and I'll meditate. Like just do it as you're living, like take deep breaths, close your eyes for three seconds, put your hand on your heart, like use some essential oils if you need to. Um, just, uh, what else? Like just working things and going on walks, like walking is an incredible, you don't need to go and do a spin class. Like you can just go on walks and that will be incredibly nourishing to your nervous system. Um, there's actually a lot of science coming out about walking in general and how like the forward motion is, is resembling like forward thinking, like movement, ability to make better decisions um, instead of like the stagnant energy of just staying in one place. Um, yoga, like literally even just three minutes of yeah. yoga, like doing a child's pose. That's it. Like just working things into your daily life. If you can't set aside like an hour for a yoga class, if you can amazing, but like an ideal, but I don't know if that makes sense, but just like working all of these things into your daily life is. Well, um, I, I love that. And I, especially being a mom, like those are, that's something that I've struggled with, continue to struggle with really is like pre-baby. I you had so much more time or it seemed that way to, you know, actually do that 45 minute hit circuit or whatever it is, or like you said, dedicate an hour to yoga and it just isn't practical anymore. Like I can try to fit it in, but, um, I think those are super helpful tips, like just fitting it in when you can. And it doesn't like remembering that it doesn't need to be big, you know, breathing is huge. Walking is huge, little things like that to just kind of fit in when we can, um, will make a world of difference. So that's a great reminder. Yeah. And then just like optimizing sleep as you can, which is like a crazy topic as well, especially as a mom, but when you are sleeping, like having that be optimal. And so closing down your phone. Um, and I actually, uh, a lot of dentists are talking about it now, but uh, I tape my mouth at night, which is like always a crazy topic for people. But when you we're supposed to breathe through our nose. And so when we're mouth breathing, we're not getting the oxygen to our brain and our body that we need. Um, so we wake, we might wake up in a fight or flight state because of that. And so if you literally put soft medical tape, you don't need to get fancy and go to Amazon and get the expensive kind, like soft medical tape from top to bottom and start breathing through your nose, your body is getting the oxygen and you're going to wake up more rested. Like I guarantee it. <laughs> wow. That is, that's so interesting. I've never heard of that. I mean, I'm a nose yeah. breather naturally. Thank, th yeah. Thankful. Um, I hate when I'm sick and I have to breathe through my mouth, but that's so fascinating. Yeah. Huh. So many people are mouth breathers at night. Like if you wake up and there's drool on the pillow, you're a mouth breather. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That is funny. And a couple questions I have um, that I'm seeing a lot kind of pop up on social media too is awareness around, um, I think I'm saying this right, xenoestrogens, kind of like as far as pretty much just limiting our exposure to toxins, right? And how, and we all know that one, it's bad for us and our body, but then especially if we are trying to conceive or we are already pregnant, um, there's so much, especially as women, I feel, right? Like 
our skincare products, um, plastics that we're using, household cleaning thing, you know, all those products um, are not great for us, but there's so little education and, and not, you know, awareness around that. Um, do you have any tips about that or certain brands you might recommend or how we can go about even that it's overwhelming, right? Like to look at your house and be like, Oh, I have to get rid of literally everything. You know, where do we start? Mm-hmm. Definitely. It is overwhelming because they're everywhere. Uh, and they're marketed like crazy to especially women, like women put so much more product on their body than men do. And so it's interesting when we look at like women typically, um, for whatever reason, like often manifest illness more than men. Um, and I'm not saying that like a scientific data, but like hormone imbalances, for example, like often women are the ones talked about. And we think part of that is because of this, like the amount of products we use, the amount of toxins going into our body, um, whether that's anything. And so where it is very overwhelming and what I try to remind people of is the amount of products that you have, you likely don't need all of them. So there are many products that can be, especially clean ones that can have multi-uses. Um, for example, like uh, cleaning products. I'm very simple in what I do. I don't want a ton of products. It, I like, it stresses me out if I have like a pantries of products. And so I literally use Dr. Bronner's uh, It's a concentrate. I use it for all of my household cleaning, like literally everything. I make a concentrate. Um, and then things like, like one of my favorite personal care um, brands is Primally Pure. Um, that is an amazing, like for, for face wash, for body lotion, for, they even have home products like candles. Candles are a big offender. Um, for where you start, I would say start with, cleaning products and things that you put on your skin, which is a lot. But again, if you can look at your products and see like, do I actually need every single thing? Like, do I need all of these little things or can I really narrow down what I'm using in general? Um, and as you finish something, getting a better option. So you don't need to go and trash all of your stuff that you have right now, unless you want to, but you don't need to do that. Finishing the bottle like finish the bottle and then be like, okay, where can I find another option? I'm actually working on this really long document that's taking me a while because I want it to be really comprehensive, but like all of my favorite products, everything that I, I back behind because I want people to just be able to go and like control F, find what they need. And just, yeah, no, exactly. Cause yeah. it is, there's so many. And like you said too, it's, it's a marketing thing, right? There's just so many products in general. And then of course you have different brands of those products and it is, it can be overwhelming. And sometimes we do just, especially like when you're, we're all busy, right? So we want to be told like, get this, it works, it's healthy, you know? But I think it's important to remember, um, you know, less is more in a lot of aspects of our life. Right. And I would, um, what, one of the other big things is uh, if you use plastic Tupperware, and um, I think you mentioned this, but using plastic Tupperware, um, if you are using it, just make sure you're not heating up in it. So Switching to glass is ideal, but if you are still using plastic, just don't stick that in the microwave or anywhere that's heating it up because that's what leaches out the toxins from the chem um, the plastic. Um, and then for women, especially those toxins get stored in fat. And so women typically have more adipose tissue on our bodies um, and then they get stored in fat and can just, until you're getting rid of it, can stay there. And so um, another resource is the EWG app. It's the Environmental Working Group app. It's called Healthy Living, and there's a skin one called Skin Deep. That can be a good resource resource as you're in the store to like look up a product or scan the barcode. Um, at least get a good gauge. It's not foolproof, but like a good gauge on where you're at with that product. That's good to know. I'll have to look that one up. I don't have that one currently. Yeah. It's nice to have it on the go like that too when you're you know at a store or something and you have a second to check the label. <laughs> Right, exactly. That's like, and then Thrive Market is amazing too um, for just like, they really vet their products. So um, I try to reduce the time I go into the store in general at all costs. <laughs> for sure. Gosh, especially this time of year. <laughs> I'll mark, um, I'll put all of these, everything you're mentioning too. Uh, I'll make sure to add those to the show notes at the end for everybody. But okay, awesome. uh, 
Okay, so we've talked everything about, you know, hormone, gut health, stress, um, kind of all that preconception goodness, but it's all been focused on us. And I had someone reach out to me and ask, what about our partner? What can they do? You know, these guys, what about them? <laughs> they got to be held accountable for something too, right? So how can they, um, what can they do to optimize themselves and their bodies as far as preconception too, um, and leading up to baby? Yeah. 1000%. It's crazy. Cause they're literally 50% of the equation yet. Like women are the targets for all of this. Um, mm -hmm. And so I actually talk about that um, a lot with um, clients is making sure that their partner is living very similar to the recommendations I'm giving to them. Um, because ultimately, like we need it, eggs typically like mature in 90 days, um, but we need the sperm to be strong and healthy as well. And so things that um, men can do is eat very supportive and nourish themselves enough like men under eat as well um and so nour nourishing themselves enough and that's including like you know we didn't get much into this but like uh supportive foods like prioritizing fats um like um animal fats avocado oils and not consuming things like canola oil vegetable oil seed oils those are all really degrading of the cells which in turn helps to um like help the sperm be really strong um really supportive carbohydrates like squashes potatoes fruit raw carrots are really really beneficial plantains um beets plenty of protein i'm a big advocate for animal protein but plenty of protein for baby's development um and then there is research around um cannabis and cannabis can be really um it can reduce the sperm quality um i'm not like super like i don't have like a research article that I can be like, this is exactly what was shown, but that is being shown to reduce fertility in men. Um, and then as well as alcohol. So alcohol beforehand, like even just four months before trying to get pregnant, reducing cannabis use, reducing alcohol, um, or eliminating. I mean, alcohol in general, like moderation, of course, but it is a toxin. So eliminate. And then, um, same with body products, like reducing um, toxic body products and um, cleaning products. Um, so really like when you think about it, it's really just uh, emulating what she is doing. Like it's just living a very, um, like making sure to exercise. Um, again, doesn't need to be a 45 minute spin or hit class. It can just be Walking weightlifting is really, really beneficial for both. Um, muscle is so important for the body. Um, and yeah, so having them live a very similar lifestyle and not just be like going to the bar with their buddies every night while you're like killing yourself trying to, um, I don't like using that word, but like while you're like dying, trying to like figure out what to do for you, like they need to be living a lifestyle like you as well. That's good to know. And honestly, I mean, that's pretty simple, right? It's, I mean, I know there's a lot that goes into it, but I think personally, I think that's easier just knowing that, Hey, we're both going in on this. We're doing the same things and we're going to adopt this healthier lifestyle. Um, right. You know, if you're not eating this nourishing meal while they're eating like, um, dominoes every night. Like, it's just like making sure you're living <laughs> similarly. <laughs> I have one more question that is, um, important too, that I wanted to make sure I ask. And that is, um, we kind of went over a little bit, but fourth trimester foods, I know that's really not talked about enough. I think like there is so much talk and support given around pregnancy and leading up to baby. But then once baby's here, how do we um, help mom out as far as restoring her nutrient stores and getting her back to where she needs to be, you know, to, to heal physically and, and help mentally, emotionally as well, keep milk supply up, all of that? Or do you have any recommendations for specific foods that might help? Yeah, so postpartum, definitely focusing on um, warm, easy to digest, really nourishing like nutrient-packed foods. And the easiest way to get those in is typically like soups, stews, even in the summer. Like if you have a summer baby, like try to get yourself cool to be able to eat these warm foods because warmth is so healing for the body. Um, 
a lot of people um, might make the mistake of drinking like a ton of like frozen smoothies or whatever. And, and yes, like you're packing nutrients in, but your body has to work really hard to warm that up uh, and then assimilate those nutrients. And so in a time period that your body is already healing, focusing on warm things, um, like egg scrambles, stir fry, casseroles, like anything that is just jam-packed with nutrients that you can just throw in. Um, ideally, if you have the access and the, you had the availability and you have the support of your community, like um, making all of these things ahead of time so you can just pull them out and free, like the freezer meals. Like a lot of people, and I hope to do this when I'm in that space is um, they're doing like in lieu of a lot of baby shower gifts, like meal plans and said, or, or not meal plans, meal like freezer uh, trains or whatever. Train. Yeah. yeah. So like um, having someone or the people you love, like cook you their favorite meal that you can just put in the freezer as a gift instead of like all of the things that a lot of people think that they need. Um, right. So, so you have all of these like things that you can just throw in the oven. Um, so yeah, my biggest uh, recommendations are focusing on warm, avoiding cold. Um, that off that also helps the uterus. If you had a, um, a vaginal delivery, it helps the uterus um, get back in place. Also, if you had a C-section, but it's just like depending on how you delivered baby in whatever way. Um, it, so if you need support, like if there was some sort of like tear or thing like that, um, then making sure that the food you're eating is actually supporting you postpartum. Um, it's hard because there, there is, I hear this all the time that it's so hard to eat enough as like a postpartum mom. And so having just those quick things that you can grab, like uh, uh, dates and butter are actually so yummy and it's such a quick like easy thing instead of like a granola bar or something that has all of these like rancid oils and of course if you find one like lar bars are great um but just I think preparing ahead of time and just being really gentle with your body and what you're eating like if you have to chew something 80 times for it to get down then your body just has to do that much more work so right no, it's so true. That's definitely something that I, I did make some um, kind of batch meals. Uh, I made extras and then froze the rest. And we had, you know, a lot of friends drop off foods too, which was, it is, it's super helpful. And honestly, like in that time, you're going to care more about having a nutritious warm meal already made for you than like, if you have enough, I don't know, burp cloths or something like that, you know, so yeah, make a difference. Use a paper towel and then get food in you instead. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Drink your water. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. The last questions I always ask every guest, what place do you love in Maine? Yeah, I feel like my answer is going to be like, oh my gosh, could you have a better answer? Like this isn't really a place, but I, my community in Maine is like nothing that I've ever experienced before. And so it, I hate answering like this, but it really is like wherever they are. Like, I can't think of an exact place because like when I, um, I grew up in Lewiston. So when I come home to Lewiston and I see my childhood friends who are still like all of my best friends, like there's nothing like it. And so I think the community in Maine in general, like even if it's not my specific community is incredible. Um, like my, the, my favorite yoga studio, the Portland Yoga Project in Portland. I used to work there. I went there this past weekend and I just felt so at home immediately. And so I, I mean, I love the coast. I think it's incredible. I think the air in Maine is unlike anything else. Like anytime I travel and come back, like the fresh air, there's nothing like it. Um, but yeah, just my community, I would say. <laughs> I love that answer. It's so true. Home is where your people are really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then secondly, if you could give any main tip to a mom or, you know, any and all moms, and this could be a resource that you know of, uh, whether it's local or not, it could be a book or a podcast or just even, you know, words of wisdom and, you know, positive affirmations, anything at all. What would you, what would you tell a mom? Yeah. So, um, 
I have a few. Uh, so we didn't talk a lot about mood, but I think that that um, is a really big part. And so like finding a therapist is huge. Um, and I have a couple resources. So um, one of my other resources is Black Owned Maine. It's a, a directory of um, Black uh, business owners and there are therapists on there. And then also um, Elizabeth from Ritual is an incredible therapist. And so I would say like therapy um, and as well as um, pelvic floor specialists. And so it's my belief that every pregnant person should have access to a pelvic floor physical therapist, even before like pregnancy, like starting before pregnancy, especially during and especially after. Two people that come to mind are um, Jen from Root to Rise. And I think she might have another one, but she is amazing. And she's part of my uh, Portland Yoga Project community as well. And then um, Emily from Pelvic Wisdom. Um, yeah on those both of you on, so that's exciting oh my gosh amazing yeah 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 yeah. so I would say pelvic floor and therapy <laughs> oh that's so good to know and I agree with both of those so that is perfect well said <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much Gabby this has been incredible and just so interesting I mean I'm totally into this kind of stuff so hopefully everyone else will be too but I found it so fascinating and you are just such a refreshing um guest and the, I don't know, the comfort I felt, you know, in our exchange has been really nice and just easy. Um, so I, I so much appreciate your time and everything you're doing. Uh, where can people find you if they have other questions or they want to learn more um, and whether it's social or whatnot, if they can reach out to you that way? Yeah, thank you so much. It's been so sweet to talk to you. And I love that, like, just like, we came back to our roots, like from, like, I know you went to, we both went to the same high school. And I think like, it's really amazing to see what you're doing. I haven't seen a resource like this out there. And so I'm really like happy for you for this endeavor. It's huge. Um, so needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am currently working on my website. I'm a solopreneur. And so I'm like, you know, working on it, but I'm on Instagram at Gabby M Barboza. Um, my website will just be gabbybarboza.com once it launches, hopefully in the new year. Um, and yeah, that's basically where I hang out and I have offer free complimentary like discovery calls to learn more about my services. I have sliding scale options, accessibility is really huge to me. Um, and then I also just educate on my Instagram primarily. So yeah, I would say that's where you can find me. <laughs> that's great. Everyone go check her out. She has so much information to share. It's awesome. I love it so much. Yay. Thank you so much. All right, Gabby. Well, enjoy your time in Maine and I hope you have a great holiday. Yes, you too. Enjoy. <laughs> All right, thanks so much. Bye, Gabby. Bye. That's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you learned something, felt validated in your own motherhood journey, or maybe even laughed a little. For further details, including topics discussed in today's episode, links, and resources, check out the show notes. And if you enjoyed what you heard, make sure to subscribe to the Mommy and Main podcast and share with others so that this community can be reached by all the deserving moms out there. I'd love to connect and appreciate any feedback, so please rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. To get in touch with me, I can be reached on Instagram at mommyandmaine or by email at mommyandmaine at gmail.com. Cheers to being a rock star mom. I'll see you next time.